0: In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. The deaf man who had an impediment in his speech, and was healed by the Lord Jesus, reminded us last week that we're not sufficient of ourselves. Our sufficiency is from God. On our own, we're weak, and helpless but with the Lord we are strong in today's gospel the Lord Jesus presents two more men these are the fourth and the fifth that he presents us in three weeks two weeks ago it was the Pharisee and the publican the tax collector who were praying in the temple Last week, it was the deaf man with the speech impediment and today, it is the man who is going down from Jerusalem to Jericho and, after him, the Good Samaritan. One 19th nineteenth-century English geographer described the road that goes down from Jerusalem to Jericho in this way. Down, down it goes over slippery rocks for more than a mile, when the path becomes less steep. Still the road follows the dry channel of a brook for several miles further, as if descending into the very bowels of the earth. How perfectly adapted it is for robbers. After leaving the brook, we ascended and descended naked hills for several miles, the prospect gradually becoming more and more gloomy. Not a house, not even a tree was to be seen. Apparently this route was about 25 kilometers in all. And this is the road the Lord Jesus picked for his parable, the parable in response To the lawyer's question, who is my neighbor? Of all the roads in Israel, Jesus picked this one to illustrate his point. Why? Well, perhaps for two reasons. First, because this road goes steeply downhill. The man left Jerusalem, the holy city, the place where King Solomon built the temple of God. He left Jerusalem and went down to Jericho. Jericho's economic, administrative, and military importance was well known in that day. In the time of Jesus, it was a flourishing oasis with a strategic crossroads in the road network of ancient Palestine. Jericho was flourishing with the construction of numerous villas, the cultivation of date palms, the production of wine, spices, and perfumes. The point is the contrast between these two cities, Jerusalem and Jericho. The man left the city of worship and prayer, the holy city, and descended into the city of commerce, comfort, and ease. Along the way, as he descended, as we all know, he fell among thieves, which stripped him of his clothing and wounded him and departed, leaving him half dead. Who were these thieves? Actually, these thieves are well known to us. St. Paul identifies them in this morning's epistle. He calls them the desire of the flesh. This desire of the flesh is a powerful force which is against the Holy Spirit. As Saint Paul put it in Galatians chapter five, the desire of the flesh is against the spirit and the spirit is against the flesh. And these are contrary, the one to the other so that you cannot do the things that you would. That's a very insightful statement. If we let it, the desire of the flesh will paralyze us so that we cannot do the things we know we should do, the things that deep down we want to do. In a conversation this past week, a young man who's been struggling within himself for many, many months and is just starting to come out of the woods into the light, just starting to see clearly. He said at his turnaround, I got tired of my own lame excuses. The desire of the flesh will lay out many excuses for us on a daily basis. It's too too hot To work today. You must be tired. Take a break. You deserve this little treat. Go ahead and buy it. Have a drink and have another. It's the weekend after all and on and on and on until another month has passed and we've not done the important things, the necessary things, the holy things. We know That we should do. This desire of the flesh has many many forms which Paul lays out in today's epistle from Galatians chapter 5. These make up a nasty list and a long list. Some of the words are old words so here's the translation of them. We know adultery The second in the list is fornication, which is sexual relations between unmarried people. Then uncleanness, not just getting our hands dirty, but unclean thoughts and words as well. Lasciviousness, which is lust. Idolatry, which is when we give our devotion and our worship to things or people beside God. Witchcraft, which involves magic. Hatred, we know. Variance is an old word that speaks of a lack of harmony or disagreement. Emulation, an old word which means rivalry. Wrath which is involved which involves anger. Strife involves conflict. Seditions, that's conduct or speech tending towards rebellion. Heresies, opinions contrary to orthodox Christian doctrine as revealed in Holy Scripture. Envyings are grudging thoughts about others. Murders, drunkenness we know, revelings which is carousing. What a destructive, nasty group. And it's important to note that in every case, in every one of these, Self, my selfish self is nurtured and promoted to the exclusion of others. Instead of helping us, instead of making us strong and healthy, the desire of the flesh then actually begins to take over. As it is given room, this selfish self This desire of the flesh wants more and more and more. We all know this. It has an insatiable appetite. Give it an inch, and it'll take a mile. But it all happens gradually, subtly, silently. The desire of the flesh operates under the radar. And this unbalanced love of self leads us down. Down from Jerusalem, the holy city, to Jericho, the city of ease. Down from the beautiful and holy desires of heaven to the dark, selfish desires of hell. The love of self will compete within us against the love of God there's a very fine line isn't there on loving ourselves it begins so easily this selfish self this desire of the flesh it begins so easily by giving in to a selfish attitude by an unwillingness to admit a mistake and make amends by thinking that we are sufficient in and of ourselves. And before we know it, we've isolated ourselves from our loved ones and from God. It doesn't take long before we've lost our way altogether and forgotten who we are, and there's a trail of things left undone that we wanted to do. In all of this, Note how the desire of the flesh brings confusion and division. For example, adultery, the breaking up of marriage, fornication, the misuse of relationships, lust, hatred, variance, all about disagreement, rivalry, strife, sedition, heresy, envy, murder, drunkenness, carousing, all of it exalts selfish self to the exclusion of everybody else, and the result is destruction and disorder. Which don't just affect me, but my family, my friends, my working relationships. And I become blind to that. I don't think it's affecting anyone else. In fact, I'll even say, I don't, I'm not harming anybody but I then have come into this blindness or darkness because I've left Jerusalem. Reflecting on the reality of this, we're meant to see ourselves, we're meant to see our fallen human nature as the beaten man that's in distress in this gospel from Luke chapter 10. This man laying half dead on the side of the road. That's us. We are not sufficient of ourselves. And when we try to be, this is where we end up. This is the point. As the parable shows, the priest and the Levite who served the law of the Old Testament cannot help us. In other words, our fallen nature, with all of its selfish and dark tendencies cannot earn credit, cannot be good enough with God. We need a Savior because we're not able to keep the demands of the law. We're helpless like that man. The desire of the flesh is constantly at us, prowling around us, looking for a way into our hearts and minds. That long list. There's so many things on that list, we would be foolish to think it's not a daily battle. Thankfully, our Heavenly Father has come to the rescue in the person of his Son, his only begotten Son, Jesus Christ, to be our good Samaritan. The Lord Jesus came down from heaven to this earth in order to save us, like the Samaritan did the man on the side of the road. Jesus took upon himself our human nature so that he could bind up our wounds and pour his mercy out on us. In his humanity, he bore our burdens, the burdens of our sins and all the ugly effects and guilts. He took them on himself to the cross. And then he brought us to the church so that we might be baptized and receive that heavenly cleansing by the blood of Christ, the washing of regeneration. There we receive the Holy Spirit, the Comforter, who strengthens us, who strengthens us for this daily battle against the desire of the flesh. In the church, where we, which is the inn in the parable, all the medicines that our souls require are available. The truth of God's holy word, which brings illumination or clarity to our condition and to the mercy of God in Christ. The other medicines, the sacraments of baptism and the Holy Communion, whereby we receive God's grace and the assurance of his mercy and forgiveness, these by his word and sacraments give us strength to persevere in fighting against the desire of the flesh and in following the Lord Jesus. The Lord has not abandoned us in bringing us to the church. He's given us his very self in the person of the Holy Spirit, our comforter. So in reflecting on what the Good Samaritan did and in what the Lord offers us, it's important to know that what he wants for us, what he wants for us is wholeness. He wants wholeness for us as members of the body of Christ, and he wants unity for the body, his church. This is clear by the fruit of the Spirit, which St. Paul lists later in today's epistle. Love, joy, peace, patience, or long suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance, which is self control. These all are expressions of walking in the Spirit, of our life in the Holy Spirit. And they, all of them, all of them are about unity, not division, clarity not confusion. With the Spirit, the things of Christ are lifted up rather than the things of selfish self. A final point. A final point about patience. And there is a word about patience because, yes, it's one of the fruit of the Spirit listed, but it's also a great weapon against the desire of the flesh. When we fall into trouble or hardship or adversity, then we seem to be most vulnerable to the desire of the flesh. The desire of the flesh uses the troubles that we come into to plant seeds of doubt in our minds and hearts. An antidote against these seeds of doubt, obviously, is faith. But a concrete action of faith faith is patience. Wait. Before I go off half-cocked, wait. Before I begin to doubt, wait. St. Cyprian said this, It is patience which both commends us and keeps us to God. It is patience too which assuages anger, which bridles the tongue, which governs the mind, which guards peace, which rules discipline, which breaks the forces of lust. It makes men humble in prosperity, brave in adversity, and gentle towards wrongs and contempts. It is patience which makes us persevere as the children of God while we imitate our Father's patience. Why is he so big on patience? Because patience says, that I trust God. I believe the Lord is in control in this situation. And though there is this wave coming against me, this wave of doubt, this wave of the desire of the flesh that wants to make me comfortable in the midst of this, I will stand and believe and trust in God. Basilia Schlink, a Lutheran nun, has the last word today. She says, the key to being able to endure patiently is the sure faith that God will never come too late. The key to being able to endure patiently is the sure faith that God will never come too late. When his time arrives, help will come mightily. God is love, and his love will surely come. Therefore, I can wait patiently. I can wait patiently in Jerusalem instead of leaving it and going down, down to the depths of darkness, following after the desire of the flesh. I can wait in Jerusalem on my Lord. Who will surely come, because he's promised never to leave us or forsake us. He is the Good Samaritan, and in him alone I shall hope. And now unto God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, he ascribed all might, majesty, dominion, power, honor, and glory, as is most justly due henceforth and forevermore. Amen.